Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week... DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Spurscast, episode 606. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurscast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Colin Reed. In this episode, Colin and I will discuss the Spurs in their last three games and explore the different reasons why the team is struggling at the moment. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, we can't say the same for the Spurs if we're going to go into <laughs> some details here. But, you know, for, I was just telling you this, you know, off, off the air. It, it almost I, I think in, in my opinion, just me, my voice almost sounds like a, like a, like a broken record here because it's like <laughs> I, I want to say it's been like the last three weeks where I've kind of just been exploring a lot of these different problems for the Spurs and and they just c- continue to compound. And, and we've seen that with the, with the way the team's playing. So so we're going to do Spurs cast uh, listeners is, we're, you know, we're going to talk recently about how the Spurs have played since I last recorded. But then also we're going to, um, you know, we're just going to we're just going to take like a, a deep dive it's all the different reasons to really explore why this team is struggling so much. And I wanted to get Colin's perspective um, on a lot of these issues. I know that I know that if you've been listening to me weekly, uh, you know, I've kind of covered these, these, these a lot of these issues uh, in, in past episodes with other guests. But I, I kind of want to get Colin's perspective on a lot of this, on a lot of the issues going on with the Spurs right now. So let's go to begin first with the uh, with how the team is performing and the latest news. So they did. You know, it's, it's I, I last recorded on a Friday last week. So it's only been three games since that they played since then. Uh, so they did go 0-3 in these last three games. Um, let's go back to Saturday. They lost to the Indiana Pacers at home in overtime. Um, the Spurs were favored by seven points in this game. It looked like it should have been a win. Uh, no, no Sabonis for Indiana, no Brogdon. Uh, but then, you know, the Spurs, they, they did lead by 11 at one point. But then, of course, they got a, it was actually the bench that got outscored by 24 points uh, in this game. And so they ended up going to overtime, but they lost there in overtime uh, by six points. And this was just after they had just played a double overtime and lost to the Atlanta Hawks. So, so that's two overtime games in a row. 
Then we go to Monday. This is the Spurs' um, this, yeah, the Spurs' closing game at home for that nine-game homestand, and they did not play well. They lost by 24 points to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Spurs were actually flipped, favored by more in this game by eight points, and they trailed and they ended up falling behind by 32 points. Uh, one uh, one player who was out for the Spurs it was Dejounte Murray, uh, so, so he was out for that game. But again, this is just you know there was really uh, no excuse to, for losing to Cleveland and getting blown out. But we're going to talk about one, one of the reasons for that in a little bit, uh, based on what on one of Coach Pop's responses. And then just the most recent loss came on Wednesday. The Spurs went back on the road where they were having more success. And they actually played better against the Denver Nuggets. But overall, they, they did lose by, by, by 10 points. Um, San Antonio built a, a 10-point lead early in the game. Uh, but then Denver um, went up by 20 with the, uh, in the fourth quarter and pretty much put the game away. And Coach Pop you know, subbed, it, subbed out all the veteran players and, and put more of, the, more of the younger players in to close out the game. Uh, uh, a player who was out for Denver was Jamal Murray. But Denver still got the comfortable win. Um, and, and, and I will note that you know the Spurs did play better, but also... Um, you know, Denver plays at a very slow pace, so so like they weren't just like uh, a lot of the Spurs' issues that had been happening at home against those faster teams, those quicker teams. Uh, Denver wasn't going to exploit exploit those issues. So so on paper, it did look like a better game, and just even watching it uh, against Denver. So uh, you know what's going on with the Spurs right now? They're they're on a th- they are on their third game, uh, third four game losing streak. Should I say third four game losing streak? They're now six and eleven post All Star break. Um, they have lost nine of their last eleven games. Overall in the standings, they're 24 and 25, ninth out west. So they are, they are still in play for that playing game right now. If the season ended today, uh, they're 20th on offense, staying right where they were last time, uh, and they've fallen down to 11th on defense. And they have just 23 games left. So, Colin, uh, what are some of your thoughts on these last three games? And then, of course, we're going to go into much more detail on this team, um, their, their whole all their issues right now uh, in, a, in a bit. Yeah. So, so one of the things that comes to mind is just you know, who did we expect this team to be before the season? And that was, you know, especially looking at the West and how crowded that it was, um, you know, we thought that maybe, you know, a lower, like, seven or eight seed was possible, but, you know, probably fighting for a play-in spot. And they exceeded those expectations in the first half of the season. I think a lot of that had to do with um, a lot of factors. You know, they, they don't have all their guys right now in some of the games, and, there is, you know, I know one of the big things we're going to talk about later, fatigue, but they also had a much easier schedule and they kind of had this difficult situation where their four games that they missed due to COVID plus just the second half being a harder schedule anyway, kind of set up this insane schedule where maybe now the Spurs are starting to look more like the team we expected them to be before the season started. Um, it's kind of like, maybe Spurs fans were given this cruel false hope where the schedule was easier and they maybe looked like a team that was better than what expectations set. But now that the schedule is kind of much harder, we're seeing the team that, that maybe we would have expected to see all season long. Yeah. And like, I think we just uh, mentioned right now, we're going to go into a little bit more detail on on some of their, their issues at the moment. Um, um, but that is interesting, you know what you said there about kind of like those those all, like almost like false um, uh, expectations for for how how well they were playing. And and you're right that they did have a, a, you know an easier schedule to start off the season. Of course, they had more of their players back before the team got COVID in those first two months of the season. Um, some other news, just some other um, uh, news out there, um, you know, just to keep in mind is that the, the Spurs do have an open roster spot for the remainder of the season right now. Um, Cam Reynolds's 10 uh, day contract did expire on Sunday, so so there is a vacancy on the roster right now. They haven't signed anyone uh, for that that spot. Spot, but it, it is open uh, if, they, if they do try to sign a player and then also another um, interesting note is that Friday which is uh, you and I recorded this on a Thursday evening so Friday April 9th is the uh, playoff waiver eligibility deadline so what this means is if there's any veteran player that um, you, you know uh, that, that, that that gets bought out by his team or, or gets waived by his team well then that player is eligible to sign with the playoff team but if, if they're not if they're waived by Friday if they're not waived by Friday then 
they're going to, they, if, even if they get waived later on in the season, it doesn't matter. They can't sign with the playoff team and, and be eligible for the playoffs. And, and I just want to note that because I did have some questions come in um, uh, online af- after the game against the Nuggets where, or, you know, where, where fans are asking me, you know, uh, if the Spurs continue to fall apart and maybe they want to just, you know, play the young guys for the rest of the season, could they maybe buy out uh, um, LaMarcus, I mean, not LaMarcus, uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, Rudy Gabe, Patty Mills, you know, these veteran players uh, to maybe go, go play on a playoff team. Well, now we know that Friday it's, it's going to be too late because Friday's that deadline. So that would be the last chance uh, for the Spurs to, to make uh, that kind of um, move if they had to. Uh, did you have any comments on either of those uh, two topics? No, and, you know, I think um, I, I would certainly not expect that for any of those players. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the only player which I even think there's an outside shot of that happening would be uh, Rudy Gay. I think Patty, Mill, Patty Mills means too much to the organization for him to be bought out. Mm-hmm. And DeMar DeRozan, even if... You know, he can just walk in free agency. I think the opportunity to either re-sign him or sign and trade him is too great to just give that up by buying him out. So I, I wouldn't expect that to happen to any of the three. And obviously, by the time this comes out, people will probably have more clarity anyway. But the only one of the three that I think there's even a remote chance at all would be Rudy Gay. And I think that that's a, a, a very small chance that that would even happen. Yeah, same here. You know, if, if they were if they were maybe um you know out of the the tenth the, the tenth seed right now, maybe like an eleventh, twelfth, or thirteenth in the West, well then maybe I could see that happening. But because they're still in you know technically in that playoff game uh, type setting, then I, I just think that they're going to continue to like the players have said recently this week. You know, they're going to continue to just fight it out to the end and see and see how far they can go uh, with this group. So yeah, I, I don't expect it either. All right, so now Colin, let's just dive into our, our second topic, which is pretty much just exploring the, the different reasons why um you know uh, why this team is struggling at the moment. So what I did was on Tuesday it was just right after that game against the Cavs. You know that was a pretty bad loss, but they lost by 24 against the Cavs, who who are on a very good team uh, um, on paper by record. And um, I just put up a, a, it was in the morning on tw- on Tuesday, and I put up an eight hour t- Twitter poll um, for, for for the people that follow me. And I had about an, almost like close to 900 vo- um, <clears throat> um, votes in this poll. And so uh, the, the four categories that I, that I told people to, call, to, um, to to vote on were, you know, what's the biggest reason for the team struggling right now? Is it fatigue in the schedule? Is it lineups and rotations? Because that's that's one of the comments that I get a lot on Twitter. Uh, is it the the defense is just figuring out the Spurs and just packing the paint completely and just throwing off their offense, or or was it being at home because at that time they were still on that nine game homestand? And so the results were um, the 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 thirty five percent number one was the fatigue schedule, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Then it was uh, number two was lineups and rotations, thirty four percent of the vote, uh, so, so barely edging out. So that one barely lost to the uh, the fatigue and schedule um, reason. Then it was defenses packing the paint got twenty six percent of the vote, and then it, very minimal um, votes for the uh, being at home part five percent of the vote. And we, we we just saw this team lose um, on the road as well. So, so these uh, issues have carried them over. So now let's just go into each of these categories from number one through four and, and kind of just uh, really just break, just have a discussion about the, some of these uh, areas of concern. So um, one thing that's notable is that after that loss to the Cavs where the Spurs got blown out, Coach Pop actually said, you know, he just said flat out, we look, ti- we look like we're fried. We just look tired. So even Coach Pop is admitting, you know, they're, they're, this team is just gassed. They're, 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 they just don't have a lot of energy at this point because of the, the way the schedule has, has, has been for them. Uh, you know, I, I, I explored this topic last week where if you look at the the the, the distance in, in uh, miles run on the court and speed um, miles per hour um, you, you know each player for the core players all of it is pretty much down across the board for the majority of the core players um, we continue to see their shooting numbers decrease on, on jumpers so we're talking about three-point shots and mid-range jumpers that they're that that's a sign of tired legs uh, there's a rise on defense and fouling the opponent so you know that's also another issue on defense that usually shows is when you start fouling more it's because you're tired you just want it you want a possession to end um 
We've seen a rise in opponent fast break points, especially those those faster teams that are getting out on the break against the Spurs. Uh, we've seen a rise in opponents scoring in the paint. You know that's another issue. Uh, also, a rise in opponents' um, offensive rebounds. This is something Dejounte Murray mentioned how how teams are just getting those extra chances against the Spurs as well uh, lately. Uh, we've also seen a d- decrease in the Spurs' own fast break scoring on, on offense, uh, and then just parts of the schedule are, are what's contributing to this. You know, there's there's been no consecutive days off since the All Star break, and there will not be any more consecutive days off until the final game of the season uh, so there's really no no hope for like getting any kind of rest for this team uh, they also have the second toughest schedule left in the NBA I, I mean we saw them struggle at home and that was actually against some of the easier teams they're going to play they have some, some some tough matchups coming up like we just saw recently against Denver uh, and then also um, you know like I mentioned earlier they've they, in in this span they've gone through two overtime games one that actually went to double overtime so, so like, like I mentioned there's a number of reasons for the fatigue slash schedule issue what, what do you want to say about what you've seen or, or, or you know based on this yeah, you know, I, when I look at these options, you know, you know, other than being at home, <laughs> the fatigue and schedule one would most of the time be maybe the optimistic option to pick. You know, you could mm-hmm. say, oh, well, they're not doing well because of fatigue and the schedule, and so that's going to turn around in a bit, but just kind of like you outlined just there. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, you know, the reason why that's optimistic maybe is that's something outside of their control. You know, you can't say, oh, well, there's this huge flaw in the team. It really is just kind of the schedule that they have that's causing them to to maybe play a little bit worse. But kind of like you just outlined, unfortunately, that's going to last for the rest of the season. You know, they're, they're not going to get a break from the schedule. They're not going to get a break from the fatigue. And now that they had this huge homestand, they're going to be traveling quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. And so if anything, that's going to get worse. So if fatigue and schedule really is the cause of it, you know, they are going to get some players back. I know, you know, Lonnie and uh, DeJounte have been in and out of the lineup and, and hopefully there's going to be some regulation there. But this has been a hard season for every team when it comes to injuries, especially with COVID and, and kind of the shorter off season and, and first couple weeks of the season, preseason training camp, all that kind of stuff. So if that really is the reason, then then it would be hard to expect this to get any better, especially when you add in harder opponents and travel. So I, I can definitely see that being part of the problem. And I, if if that is the case, then then it's only going to get harder from here. You know, I know maybe sometimes it's easier to blame uh, the problems on a particular person, and that kind of gets up into the next topic of lineups and rotations, where oh well, you know they're losing because Coach Pop's not coaching them well enough or something like that, which. That would almost be better in this case because that would be fixable. But this fatigue and schedule are kind of going to be that way for the rest of the season, which makes it tough. Um, I think a big part of it is, you know, they have the 11th ring defense right now. And fouling and fast break points for opponents really kind of cuts you off in the knees when it comes to defense. And if that continues, they're they're probably going to continue to drop in that area after actually having a pretty solid first half of the season on defense. So if it really is fatigue and scheduling, then then the Spurs might be in for a tough uh, rest of the season. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And and like that's the thing is like as much as you want to be optimistic and say, oh, you know, they're gonna get together, and, and it, they just it's just there's no breaks. Like there's literally no breaks anymore. And um and even like you know just being able to work on your errors and practice. There's literally been no practice. All they have is shootarounds because you know there's just no time to practice because there's never they only do practices when there's like two days off, and, and they just can't do that. Like I like, so you know they can't even work on their mistakes if they, on on the ones that they are having. So yeah, I mean this schedule has just just been brutal for them. You know, and just to even see Coach Pop, I mean that was literally all he said. He was just like we're just we're just fried. We're tired. And that's just how he expressed um, what happened on that that, that blowout to the Cavs, who, who again were, were, were one of the, the bottom teams in the Eastern Conference. Let's go on to the second um, uh, um, 
reasoning, you know, of, of the biggest impact, and that's you know lineups and rotations. So, so the most frequent comment I get, on, you know, on Twitter um, from from people that follow me, are you know they're, they're upset that that Lucas Simonich isn't playing a lot. Uh, he only gets you know spot minutes, or if somebody's hurt, uh, de- they think that Devin Vassell needs more minutes as well. Even though Devin's been on the rotation all year, um, you know, he, he comes off the bench, uh, and they also think I also see a lot of comments of uh, R- Patty Mills and Rudy Gay playing too much. The two veteran players, um, so. Um, uh, and then uh, something to note is that, you know, the bench has been struggling and, you know, that's usually a unit of um, Patty Mills, Rudy, um, uh, uh, Devin Vassell, Rudy Gay, and then also either Drew Eubanks or Gorgie Jang. And, you know, Jang just recently, uh, you know, just, just, just joined the team and he's actually hurt as well uh, uh, with the shoulder injury. Uh, and then, you know, something to note why the bench has been struggling lately is that one of their key players is out and that's Lonnie Walker, the fourth. He's now missed nine games in a row. He may return Friday against the, the Nuggets. He's, uh, he's been listed as questionable uh, as, of, as of Thursday evening that you and I are recording this uh podcast episode um so what what are your what are your thoughts on the i mean on the on the lineups i mean in my opinion i, mean, I just don't know outside of luca getting more minutes like who what other options are there like what, what do you think yeah and and um while luca has shown great development i don't know if if just giving luca more minutes automatically means that now the spurs bench lineup is much better um and i think it's an interesting criticism of the spurs that oh you know they're going to hold on to their they're old guys for too long and they're going to play the veterans for too long and that kind of stuff. And I know that the Spurs fans are burned after seeing what they felt like that exact thing happening with Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli over the past couple of seasons. But we, you know, literally just had this situation where we had LaMarcus Aldridge, who's a multi-time all-star, who wasn't playing up to the level that, that the Spurs kind of had expected and that he had played in the past. And Jakob Pernal in the starting lineup was awesome. And he was out with this injury and then he came back. And I know you and I had discussed it, you know, off podcast. And we were like, well, what are they going to do? Like, what are the Spurs going to do? Are they Mm going to have this difficult time where they have to, like, make this political move of having him in there because they don't want to, like, have the the guy who's earned his way not earn his spot, you know? And no, they put him on the bench. And that eventually led to him being bought out. You know, to, to, to say that the Spurs can't make decisions like that after they just did that with someone who's honestly more high profile than... Mills and Rudy Gay, you know, Mills might mean more to the organization, but but they absolutely could make that decision that they had to. They in the bubble, they didn't play Mills except for one game, so so they definitely have the ability to make those decisions. Um, and if they feel like that would fix the problem, they would do it. And and kind of like I said in the last section, that would be good if that were the problem because at least the Spurs could fix it. Uh, I'm thinking it really is more of this the second half of the schedule is just insane and that's going to hurt them um kind of the rest of the year i think that lonnie walker coming back will help a lot i think that their rotation just is kind of set up in this way where when there's an injury to anyone it's really going to hurt the bench especially because with the starters if someone's hurt from the starters you can kind of bring someone up from that bench unit which mm-hmm. actually has a, a fair number of talented players, but now the bench is lacking a player, or if someone on the bench gets hurt, now they're lacking a player. So I, I really think that their second unit just can't survive an injury to the starting unit or the second unit, and that's kind of their big problem right now is that they, they maybe need, I, I don't know, more third-string depth, which is crazy to say, but for the bench to get better, that's that's the main way forward is just getting healthy again. 
Yeah, like 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 you know, you just you just said it right there. You know, Lonnie's the, the one player who can kind of help out this group. So maybe if he comes back, you start to see a little bit of a change. Or I, you know, I do feel like Luca has some upside, but at the same time, and we, he got his start the other the other day against against Cleveland, where Dejounte was out. He actually got to start and got a lot of got a lot of minutes, but he even he just didn't do much in that in, in that time that he was out on the floor. And so even him, you know, he's gonna have to go through those you know those those um, second year player. Um, you know, for him, it's almost like a rookie year, honestly, even though he's in year two, just because he hasn't played that much. So for him, you know, you're gonna get some some maybe some some good moments in games, but the majority of the time it's going to be very inconsistent play and so so you know so you know there is some upside there to, so I, I think luke is one of those upside players but again i just don't know like right now how much he's going to contribute to, to, to getting more um improvement for the team so uh uh we're going to talk in this next um section of about maybe some some, some different tinkering with the lineups because of what's going on on offense so let's go to the next area of concern and that's um you know just I, I feel like this almost like the scouting report and i've been talking about this for like three weeks now i'm um, just if you just push pause on an offensive possession for the spurs watch the defense look how look how close all all the um, five defenders are in the paint, like or at least they have one foot near there, and they're just like three or four feet off the Spurs' perimeter players. And, and a big reason for that is because the Spurs right now are just struggling to shoot completely from the outside. And, and it's even having an impact for, from what I've seen in their mid-range jumpers, which is a shot that they rely on a lot in their offense. So, um, so, so just like like I said, you know, if you watch games, you, you're seeing way more zone defense from from from, uh, from, from the opponents, uh, just kind of daring the Spurs to beat them from three. Like I mentioned, backing off three or four feet. Uh, where are the Spurs statistically right now on on, on, th- on three-point shooting? Um, they're now down to 22nd in three-point accuracy at 35.5%. Uh, they're, they're down to 36% from on wide-open threes. Again, 29th now in the NBA. They're falling to 29th in wide-open three-point accuracy. Um, the only two players shooting 40% or better on wide-open threes, and that's, again, where you kind of want to be as 40% is a good baseline, are Patty Mills and Lonnie Walker the fourth. And a big problem with that is that Lonnie's been out for nine games. So, like, one of their, their top two shooters has literally not been on the floor with them. Uh, Rudy Gay was um, pr- pretty good at being one of their wide-open three-point shooters, but he, even his um, his percentage has kind of gone down just a little bit. It's down to 39% at this moment. And, and what I've noticed, too, is that the mid-range accuracy is starting to fall um, fall down each game. And, and I, I do think that, you know, just from what I've seen in the eye test is that now that defense are kind of shrinking the floor because they're just hanging around the paint well then all of a sudden all those like uh, mid-range jumpers that DeJounte was getting pretty wide open and, De- and DeMar DeRozan and uh, some of the other players they're not they're kind of not they're not they're not that wide open a lot of those have been more contested type of looks and so because of that just even their mid-range jumpers that they usually rely on uh, those are becoming um, very even more inefficient shots from from what I've seen uh, we also see you know because of, uh, the areas on offense um, struggling right now with the shooting uh, assists are down uh, and and you do see what, what the Spurs do is they have to go to just just to get points on the board they have to go to way more one on one ISO play. Uh, you'll see like like Demar take over for four or five possessions in a row. Then you'll see Dejounte or maybe you'll see Derek White. And, and you just don't see that that the reason why is because like their normal motion offense and moving the ball it's not getting anything because the defense is just it, it doesn't work if you're doing all these cuts and, back, and and screens and everything like that. If the defense isn't respecting your three point shot, if they're just backing off you and completely playing a zone defense, then then uh, you know it doesn't really work to do a lot of those off ball movements and, and moving the ball around it doesn't really get the defense moving if, if none of your players if, if your players are struggling from three and then also i think that this is a reason why we've seen some of their their, their spikes and in, in, in bad defensive numbers is because when you have bad offense bad offensive possessions it can lead to transition defense um you know a lot a lot more transition opportunities for the opponent or you just can't set up your half court defense which is one of the areas where the spurs are pretty strong so so i think that there's a big, there's almost like a um a a, 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 a a factor where they're they're communicating the, the offense and defense where, where one, one doesn't play well then the other one it, it you see the effects on the other side of the court uh what have you thought about about the 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 shooting numbers and how opponents are playing them yeah you know it it kind of highlights two problems that i think that the spurs have been plagued by for several years here in in one of them you know actually it's three-point shooting but 
three-point shooting um, frequency was the problem before. Their accuracy was generally fairly high, and now mm -hmm. it's, it's the accuracy that's low. Um, but I honestly think a bigger problem than that, and it's been a problem for the last couple seasons, is just creation. You know, the the Spurs have players who can make passes. You know, DeJounte Murray has hugely improved in that area over where he was at the beginning of his career. But, you know, creation not only involves finding other players and creating shots for them, but it's also creating shots for yourself. And if you look at a lot of the, the players who would fill that creation role on the Spurs, um, other than Derek White, they're not taking pull-up threes most of the time. They're taking, you know, either spot-up threes, which is created by someone else, or kind of mid-range jumpers after a drive or shots at the rim after a drive. And so this pack-the-paint strategy can actually neutralize the Spurs creators because mm -hmm. you can kind of pack the paint against someone like DeMar DeRozan or DeJounte Murray and then kind of have, you know, the defenders stay home on the shooters. And now all of a sudden that creation is a lot harder to do. So you, you think about some of the teams that are like – championship level in the nba and a lot of them have these players that are high level creators for themselves or for uh others you know the nets have several the lakers have lebron james the bucks have Giannis. you know you can kind of just look at like the best teams in the league and you can see that they have these high level creators who can create shots for themselves or others at basically any time and the spurs have players who are good creators but they are unfortunately like have these maybe flaws in their offensive games where a strategy like packing the paint shuts multiple of those creators down. And now all of a sudden the offense kind of just relies on them hitting shots. And when that just stops happening, all of a sudden the offense kind of um, starts getting a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. And, and even like, you know, and that's one of the issues, like sometimes, you know, they have had some bad defensive games, you know, you, you can say that, but also they've had some, some decent defensive games where they, like, even like just against the Nuggets in that Wednesday game, they, they held Denver to 106. Denver was actually played a very slow pace. They were, they were, they weren't, you know, uh, scoring very efficiently except for in the paint. And, and, but just because the, the Spurs go through these lows on offense where they just can't create good shots and, and just generate consistent offense that, that it doesn't matter that you held the Den you held Denver to 106. You still, you still couldn't, couldn't win a game. And there was a game uh, during the, the um, homestand where they, they held the opponent below 100 points and they still lost. So, I mean, it's just been a lot of bad offense lately. Um, one player who's going to help out, you know, just like we mentioned, it's going to be Lonnie Walker. He's like I mentioned, he's one of the top two three point shooters in wide open three. So, so he will help out in that in that three point accuracy. But you know, he 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 only gets so many shots um, on the team. And, and I wanted to ask you this, uh, you know, I, I know that when you look at the five man starting unit of um, Derek White, Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertle, uh and and DeMar DeRozan, that 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 the numbers, uh, you know, the on off looks actually pretty good. It, it, that's what it says now uh, statistically but i just feel like there needs to be some sort of change maybe and, and i was i was wondering about kelton uh maybe moving him to the second unit maybe i don't know who would start whether it'd be like a rudy gay who spreads the floor maybe bringing back lonnie as a starter or even though that would it would just make your, your team undersides there or maybe even like lucas uh, shamanich um just because I think that Kelton is having to play at, at, um, at, at a position where it's just not, you know, he's he's out of position. He's having to play the four pretty much almost every every night, and, and so we've seen that on offense. He's just been limited because they're closing the paint, so he can no longer drive, and, and you know, it's it's just it's just tough for him to get his shots. And then we, we see that that um, you know teams are completely leaving him well from from three, and then on defense, he really um, you know he really struggles on that, and because he's he's um, he's out of position, the, the the position he's guarding. What do you think about maybe um, in sort you know I don't know if I don't know if Coach Pop would do that, maybe making a lineup change to the starting unit. Yeah, um, 
So this might be isn't a short-term solution, but is, is maybe a long-term solution is throwing a giant offer sheet to John Collins in the offseason so that they can play some of their young guys in position again. Which, you know, is interesting. The Spurs have been linked to uh, some of these four or fives yeah. uh, mm-hmm. restricted free agents in the offseason. And I think it makes a lot of sense when you when you look at what you're saying. So they can play Lonnie and Keldon at the three and maybe have uh, this young big core as well. And, you know, the Spurs aren't afraid to play two bigs. Um, that's kind of been their their mo for a long time. Um, I, I I think it it is interesting because no matter who you are playing at the four, if it's Keldon or Lonnie, that's kind of an out of position thing. Um, and and I wonder instead of really focusing on who's starting the game at that position, maybe once Lonnie comes back, they they kind of do it by who's hot that game in terms of who closes the game at that mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Um, and just kind of play it by ear from that situation. Because I know uh, there was times where Keldon was doing awesome in the starting lineup and, and Lonnie was kind of struggling. And, and so I think if they take it a game-by-game basis and they kind of see who has the hot hand and have that player kind of be in the closing lineup there. And then obviously they can kind of tinker with that and have lineups where both of them are out there too. But, but I think... If, if they're going to have one out there, I think really figuring out kind of who's playing better that game and having them close uh, mm-hmm. the game because they are still young players and they are still working on their consistency. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, for, I, for them. I, I've kind of told myself that as well because, like, um, you know, when I see that, you know, when, when, when they were really struggling on offense, you know, when they would start off with like those, those holes of like falling down by 10, like a, a few minutes into the game, I was like, hmm, I wonder if Coach Pop's going to finally make a change. And he, he never did. So I, I really feel like, almost in a way, even if it's if they're going to struggle through it, he's just, he just wants to see, you know, what is, by the end of the season, what is this data going to say on, on this on this unit of like, you know, D- Derek White, Keldon, um, you know, DeJounte Murray, all three of them together, Jakob Pertle, and just see what it says. And, and, and I agree with you, you know, there's, there's a reason why these, uh, they've been, they They've been linked to all three players: John Collins, um, Jared Allen from the Cavs, and also uh, Laurie Markkinen from the Bulls. You know, the, one of these one of these players who can kind of play the four or five, and and I think that yeah, that they definitely want to get some, some young um, big out there. And of course, of course, they're gonna have all that cap space um, this off season. So, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, again, like, I, you know, it's, it almost sounds like doom and gloom again. Another episode, you know, <laughs> I apologize for cast sisters, but that's kind of where the team is. And I just wanted to explore, you know, get Collins, you know, thoughts on, on, on how the team's uh, performing and just in those different areas. You know, obviously we see, um, you know, that the, that, um, you know, there's just different. Re- there's a lot of different reasons why they are struggling. That's what I really want to explore here on this episode, and you know, not go too stat heavy on it. Uh, but you know, as we kind of both mentioned, I mean, uh, normally we can, you can be optimistic and say, oh, you know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna fix this, they're gonna improve on that. It's really tough in this scenario, just because of the schedule that they have, and just you know, the, the amount of, the the, t- the the level of opponents they have to play, but then also the amount of games they have without any rest. So I mean, we'll, we'll just continue to see if they if maybe they can figure it out and, and get things back to, together before you know before they fall out of that play in tournament and, and end up and before we start discussing, you know, the lottery here on the Spurs cast instead of, you know, uh, maybe a possible playoff uh, 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 battle for, the, for this team. So uh, before we wrap up, um, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. Over on Project Spurs, uh, Steven Anderson is continuing to keep you um, uh, updated on the Spurs and their performances in each game uh, with, with his recaps and analysis. Uh, you know, now that this team is getting closer to the, you know, right now they're ninth. So right now they would be projected to get the 14th pick in the lottery if the season ended today uh, and they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, uh, Benjamin Bornstein is keeping you a bit uh, updated for that uh, with his prospect watches. The latest one is over Jalen Johnson. Uh, we also have our Spurs Rewind episodes going up by, by um, Joe Garcia and, he, and his latest one was with Project Spurs staff members um josh paredes and victoria viriel uh thanks again to colin for joining me here on the spurs cast and also to michael de leon for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.